0: That the yeah,
1: I never really considered myself a leader. Yeah. I considered myself somebody who would help out, um, somebody who could get people together if we needed to, but for some reason I never saw that as a leader. Um, I think as I got involved in the Daniel Biss campaign and I started organizing events and realizing that people were coming to me for direction and answers, then it kind of clicked. oh yeah, I am a leader. pod BN. Three...
0: Two, one, here we go. From the Play Normal eSports studio, this is PodBN talking to people doing big things in Bloomington Normal. I am Tyson. I'm Justin. Today we are going to talk to Shana Washinski, a member of the McLean County Board, and we're going to talk to her about her experiences going from a, a candidate to now being on the board and what that whole ride was like.
2: First, we want to thank our sponsor because we record every single episode of PodBN right here at PlayNormal Esports. They've been our sponsor from the beginning, so we want you to show them some love. They're at 802 South El Dorado Drive in Bloomington. You can check out their website at PlayNormalEsports.com. It's a place to go for a great time. They put on events, tournaments, private parties. Check out their website. Take a look around. They have something to offer for everybody. You can give them a call at 309-379-8665. Thanks to PlayNormal Esports. And now
0: we'll welcome Shayna. Hi, Shana. Hello, thank thanks for, you for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming in today. You bet. So, uh, I have to say, I would uh, really like to hear about, if you go back to however far back you want to go, okay. when did you decide that you wanted to, um, what what motivated you get involved in local politics, um, and kind of how did that look?
1: Sure. Um, it's been a long time since I've talked about this for a while on the campaign trail, I was talking about it all the time, so I kind of have to dig back a little bit. Um, I was definitely one of the people that came into it after Trump was elected. Um, It just, I I hadn't really been involved in anything before that. Um, I was raising my kids. I was working full-time. I really didn't have a lot of time for anything extracurricular, and frankly life was going pretty good for us. Um, And then Trump happened. And it just kind of shook everybody, I think, from their, their place of comfort. Um, I've talked before about how um, shortly before Trump was elected, my, um, we had lost my brother and my sister-in-law to drug overdoses. And from the time that we lost my brother, several years before that, um, I was really cut off from everything, You know, whether that's just dealing with grief or, you know, kind of insulating and protecting yourself. Um, and then being through that whole election process with Trump, I just, I kept thinking as more and more things piled up, then my sister-in-law passed away. I kept thinking, we just got to get through this election and then we'll be okay. We're not. We're going to be okay once we can, you know. Um, and then he won. And it was kind of like oh no, (laughs) what do we do now? And so for me, I could either spend my time laying on the couch, scared to death, doing nothing and feeling very out of control, or I could step out of my comfort zone and see where I could be of help. Um, And I kind of just started looking for areas that I could be know, involved um, started going to city council meetings, started going to um, get involved in the local Democrat party. My husband had been involved for many years, but I, I was not involved. Um, and then got involved in the mayor's race, and it kind of just took off from there. Um,
2: how, how in character was that for you in the past? To uh, you mentioned not wanting to sit on the sidelines, didn't want to sit mm-hmm. on the sidelines. Is that the first time you've seen it where you've taken that charge of? let's do some action instead of sitting on the sidelines
1: um yeah pretty much that that was the beginning of it for me as far as getting involved politically um i think if you go back through history um i've always been very outspoken Mm -hmm. um depending on the venue and where the need was but you know Mostly before that, it was just concentrated on being outspoken for my family, outspoken for my kids, um, outspoken, you know, for my nieces and nephews after they lost their parents. Um, yeah. You know, I I spoke to one of my friends um, who I went to high school with, and I said, can you believe that I am in, in politics now? And he said, absolutely. <laughs> I said, really? He said, you don't remember that time when the principal— yelled at us for being too loud at our lunch table, and you basically stood up and cussed him out, and I'm like, nope, don't remember that, but apparently, yeah, apparently I did.
2: So, so you like being a leader, a voice of, of, of that kind of
1: um, charge honestly, of a group of people I, that are looking at something? yeah, I never really considered myself a leader. Yeah. I considered myself somebody who would help out, um somebody who could get people together if we needed to. But for some reason, I never saw that as a leader. Um, I think as I got involved in the Daniel Biss campaign and I started organizing events and realizing that people were coming to me for direction and answers, then it kind of clicked. Oh, yeah, I am a leader. I think this is
2: <laughs> true in leadership in a lot of areas, but I mean, I've seen it politically where usually the a big initiating part of, of of developing a leader is just someone Okay with speaking out, and having their voice heard. Um, mm-hmm. So many people, like you know, they might agree with a stance or, or something, but they're not going to speak out against it. And I think that's what you had is you had you were willing to speak out and have your opinion heard. And that's when some of the other people, went, yeah, I kind of agree with her, and right. and kind of jumped on ship there. So you got involved locally. You said city council, mayor race. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody that you remember kind of guide you on where to go? Because I mean, you make the connection from you from being upset. Mm-hmm. November, Trump wins to you starting to go to these things? How did you know how to get involved or where to get involved?
1: Um, trying to think back and remember. Um, honestly, it was just a matter of I got really connected to a group that I call my girl gang now. Yeah. And we started to connect together and we just kept each other kind of aware of events that were happening, um, things that we needed to go to, we really just started talking about who was, you know, who was in office. We, we just really, it was that close connection of these women um, who are still my, they're my family now, that we were who we went to. And then as we branched out, we found all these other groups that were also doing the same thing. Um, I know we went to an Indivisible meeting once and met you know, like we met Nikita there, I met Sharon at the Indivisible meeting, Um, and then it kind of became this organic thing. Um, I definitely wasn't getting any direction from the, uh, you know, the Democratic Party at that time. Sure. Because they just didn't have the infrastructure um, like we do now. So it was just kind of learning on our own and Finding what, what was important to us, and then we just started going to everything all the time.
0: So, I was Nikita Richards, who ran for clerk, does also mm-hmm. Sharon Chung, who ran for county yes. board, too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, just in case people aren't familiar with, with those. Um, so, yeah, you guys got together, and um, did you share that? was there a, sh- a shared sentiment that you talked about, like being scared and uncertain about Trump being elected? Was that absolutely. kind of what you coalesced around? so
1: absolutely. Yeah. Um and you know it's some of that um, started before Trump was elected. You know, a lot of people have a lot of reasons why they were upset by Trump, um, whatever that is. Um, for me, the thing that really made it to where I just couldn't. I couldn't deal with it um, was the fact that the, the infamous video, the grabber by the you-know-what video. Um, and it was not necessarily... I mean, it was shocking to hear him say that. It was shocking that that didn't end his campaign. But the part that was hard to deal with was sitting among so many men that I knew and that I respected and I knew loved and respected me who thought that was Okay. And it's kind of like you, re- you wake up the next day feeling like you're living in a world of predators that you didn't know about the day before. And it's very, very scary. Mm-hmm. And that's what was really kind of what we coalesced around and we still deal with now to this day. Um, and what you kind of get in that, it was fight or flight in that moment. Yeah. So...
0: Yeah, that video was um was really creepy to me. Um so I was a I was a jock in high school. Sure. People say like, oh that's just locker room conversation. It definitely was not locker room conversation right. that I was ever around. Um right. uh, but, but even I mean, the was, people
1: who were willing to say that.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I, I was a little skeptical that, like, oh, this is just how guys talk. I'm like, well oh, guys don't talk like that around me. Uh, not to say that there's, right. you know, guys, you know sure. men, are, men are not uh, at their best when there's just only men around, I would say. Um, right. So the women do help us uh, behave <laughs> better, but not like that. Um, and the other thing that was really creepy to me about that video is if you watch the whole thing, like mm-hmm. after they get off the bus, like mm-hmm. the way that they're like talking to, I can't remember the woman's name, but, but the Mm -hmm. way that they're like talking to her and trying to like bring things up to try to like move things in that direction and like prey upon her that, that almost to me was creepier than like the most famous part of what he said. Yeah. And, um,
1: and we've seen that since repeated over and over and over and over Yeah. and it's really difficult to deal with.
2: Honestly, I mean, I, I share both your sentiments on it, but but hearing you describe it actually makes me very sad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, it really did. Like just hearing 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 a female's perspective of what that felt like. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how else to say it. It's, it made me very sad to hear. The I'd, and I'll say from my perspective when Trump got elected, because we've had a lot of people on that said that was a turning point too. Mm-hmm. Whether they were in politics before, it might have add fuel to the fire or started the fire, mm-hmm. but. It was disappointment in in my country. I think, mm-hmm. um, which I mean, I've always fell on one side of the political aisle or the other, but I've never had that feeling of wow, we're right. electing this guy yeah, um, right. a- after everything we've seen. Um, this is the guy that we're choosing to represent
0: us, and I think disappointment would be the, a good yeah. word for for me to yeah. So you so you kind of had a choice there, right? So you're you're feeling scared. You're feeling yes. um, like. Maybe the world's a more dangerous place than you thought yes. it was, right? So um, so why do you think you decided to, like, take action in that situation and not just kind of uh, curl up and draw in? You know, there's fight or flight, well, right?
1: Well, you know, I'm, I'm not ashamed to say I, I did curl up that next day. Um, I started therapy. Mm-hmm. I have no no qualms about saying that, um, you know, and learning as, you know, I've talked about it before, before being a victim of childhood sexual assault and then having a sexual predator elected and being in that environment just, it was very, I hate to use the word triggering, but there's really nothing else to describe it as.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, So I went to therapy and um, that was very, very helpful. Um, And it was just, it helped me realize that I wasn't helpless and that there were things that I could do. And also it was a mix of looking around and realizing nobody else is doing it um even though we had all of these people out here there was still so many things um and we couldn't let it go without somebody addressing it um and it got very overwhelming at points because if you're not careful you feel like you have to do everything um, so that's where you start to narrow down where you where you see that you can be of the most use, or where you think you can yeah. do the most help, and you go so, with that.
0: So then I'd imagine having Ian Bain running for mayor right after that yes. was a bit further okay. triggering. Not necessarily that there I don't remember any sort of sexual overtones to his things, but just the. The way that he ran his campaign with his, his fake news site to support right. it and the. Right. Um, the
1: oh, he was, I, I'm not shy. He's very misogynistic. Mm-hmm. He was very misogynistic. Um, and him and I had a particularly um, abrasive relationship. And um, yeah, he's the one that got us started. The, we, we actually all kind of met at one of those debates in the front row where, you know, mm-hmm. we gave him hell. Yeah. Well, and it never stopped.
2: How do you feel uh, about the word activist today to describe you? Because I know during the Merrill campaign mm-hmm. that came up, at, uh, right. it, was, it was always activist, Shana Wachinski. Right. <laughs>
1: right. Um, I, I don't mind being called an activist because right now you need to be an activist. Like, what are you doing if you're not being active? Mm-hmm. I, I don't have that option to right. not be
2: But I think that I think many times it's used uh, derogatory towards you, right? Like activist, Shana. Uh, Are are you kidding? uh, Everything's
1: used derogatory uh, towards me.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's fine. You know,
1: Um, it's kind of goes back to what you said before is having somebody that, you know, is able to step out and be a leader or whatever the case is. Frankly, I've my life's not been a bed of roses yeah a lot of crazy things have happened a lot of bad things have happened a lot of bad things have been said there is nothing that they can say <laughs> that is going to you you know, bother me yeah. I'm yeah I'm very thick-skinned plus I also know that I know what my motivations are I know what my heart is and I know what I'm what I'm working for yeah. so
0: so that's kind of like your impetus. that's where like the flame got lit um, but i'm I'm hoping that other things drove you towards wanting to be on county board because it's not just like yes. you continue to be pushed for your desire to you know that that came from that um the f- fear of the acceptance of sexual assault so right. what were some right. of the other things that you know once that snowball started rolling, what other stuff started right. accumulating there
1: well, one of the things that um as we've started to get involved in all these different, going to the city council, town council meetings, all these different groups and organizations, um, county government was just not something that was really on the radar of anybody. and
2: <laughs> Only the people elected a county government.
1: Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> so... Um, Then you start to learn, you know, that county government is very important, and then starting to look at the makeup of the board and, um, you know, just, I have a real problem with the perceived, as I perceived it at the time, um, lack of transparency with the county board. Um, And so I just started to look more into that and get, you know, learn a little more about it, and I thought, well you know, I think this is where I might be able to do some good, um, and definitely where I could be a a change from what we had before. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, I had been asked many, many times to run for office, and I had no desire. Um, but then Sherry Bustos says, you know, a woman has to be asked seven times, and, and, and that seventh person got to me, and it was the right person at the right time. Um, gave me the that little extra boost of confidence and to
2: mm-hmm. go for it. So to dive into that a little bit, because mm-hmm. when you decided that, mm-hmm. it wasn't like there was an open seat. Right. Um, so take, right. take us through that process of... Who was in that seat? Where do you represent? And then um, what you had to do to get in there?
1: Right. Um, Well, I represent District 8, Mm -hmm. which is the basically the west side of Bloomington. Um, And it was at the time um, Paul Segobiano had that seat. Um, He was a 46 year incumbent. Um, Wow. I didn't know it was that long. Yes. It's long time. Yeah. He was, I believe, the longest serving um, county board member in the history of the Midwest oh, at okay. the time. I, I knew I it was Illinois.
2: Yeah. yeah I okay. think we
1: ended up figuring out it was the Midwest. Um, and honestly, to I did not even give a thought to that once I decided to run yeah. um, because my campaign wasn't about him. It was about what I wanted to do and what I wanted to bring to the county board. And
2: Can I pause just a second? Mm-hmm. Just because we know not too many people pay attention to county government. No sure, offense second. to you, Shannon. <laughs> but but how, many pe- how many people serve on the county board?
1: There are 20.
2: And uh, 10 districts. Yes. Every district has two representatives. Mm-hmm. And then every other cycle would be your election. Yes. So, so this one is currently served by two Democrats before you got in there mm-hmm. uh, Carlo Robostelli and uh, Paul Segobiano. Mm-hmm. It was Paul's turn for election, and yes. you decided to primary him yes. and run against him to mm-hmm. take the Democratic yes. part of the ballot. Yes. Okay. Just want to play catch up. Sorry. Yes. <laughs>
1: um, and having never run a campaign before, um, I didn't really know what to do or how to do it. Um, you know, there wasn't, and being um, primarying the party's guy yeah. was not necessarily a way to endear <laughs> myself to the powers that be and so there wasn't a lot of assistance there either. Sure. Um, I did get help from a few people but um, you know, one of the things I hear so much about is the fact that we raised so much money during these county board races. Okay. <laughs> like, nobody came to us and told us. Only raise this amount of money, or you need to raise this amount of money. So we just worked. We worked our asses (laughs) off. (laughs) Exactly. I mean,
2: no, I'll say that about money. I've heard that Mm -hmm. from honestly from both sides. I I am being real, but most recently from from the Republicans is they'll say something like, "Well, they raised all that money." (laughs) That's another way of saying you didn't raise enough money. Uh, You know, or I I heard for myself personally the last time I was mentioned in a paper or something. Well, he does this, this, and this. He's just like I'm getting punished for volunteering my time. Right. So, yeah. Because right. you sit on the couch and do nothing, I'm the I'm the bad guy. So, right. I mean...
0: They, and, uh, I mean, and to, to your point, like, I hear complaining about the Koch brothers, like, mm-hmm. oh, well, they have so much money and they can dump so much money right. into politics, then what can we do? Like, well, then you try to go out and get your own money, right? So, yeah. I mean...
2: Right.
0: It, it, or it's not money if go to politics. But, yeah, or, yeah. Right. So. right. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so, for the people who haven't been involved in a campaign, that might actually be kind of interesting. Like, what's the process... So you start off with zero dollars in the bank. Mm -hmm. You Mm -hmm. want to get some money together. How does one go about getting donations from people?
1: You just ask. Um, You know, it was... Fortunately for me, I was the only one running really in a primary then. Um, So I was able to kind of tap into some of the resources that kind of got spread out a little further on um, some of the local Democrats. I mean look at all the Democrats we have active right now. They wanted to donate and be a part of something. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we went out to different organizations. I'm a union family, I have no qualms about that. Um, we, I approached the union. They don't, I know it's um, probably perceived, but they don't just give money to anybody. Um, you have to prove that your values align. Um, you have to prove integrity.
2: Raising money is a part of it. What else is yeah. involved when you first decide to go? I mean, you, you, you got to talk to some people and get some signatures, right?
1: Right. Absolutely. <laughs> you got to go out, um, petition, get the signatures. Um, and I think we needed, oh, gosh, I don't even remember. To I was gonna say so many. <laughs> yeah, it was it was not a lot. I yeah. know I went way above that just sure. just to be sure because it's you get out to talking to people and um, well that's also what you should be doing, right? right? I
2: mean if you're gonna represent the people you should Absolutely. know what, what they feel, what their ideas Absolutely. are.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I really didn't make the decision until four days before I turned the petitions in. Yeah. So it was a very short time. But, you know, even in that short amount of time, I kind of knew we were on to something because here I was, this unknown with pink hair knocking on people's doors saying that I'm going to run against a 46-year incumbent. And people were so excited. Yeah. They were so excited. If They either didn't know who my opponent was which is crazy. After 46 years, somebody <laughs> wouldn't know who you were. Or they did know who he was, and they were ready to do what was needed yeah. to get him mm-hmm. out. So
2: so uh, this is kind of taking a, a turn and just having a discussion about this. But But... Sure. Uh, you have to at least have some level of respect for someone that serves over four decades in public mm-hmm. office, mm-hmm. Um, as, especially on a local level. It's oh. not like they're making big money in Congress or, no, not
1: <laughs> you at know, all.
2: something <laughs> like that. So, so um, Paul Segobiano served, for, like I said, forty-six years um, mm-hmm. on county board, mm-hmm. and it is funny for me to hear though that. I mean, myself included. I don't. I've lived in that district for ten years, ten plus years, and I didn't never had a conversation with Paul. Um, mm-hmm. And I find I, I consider myself fairly right inside of what's going on and, and knowledgeable about local politics. And I still didn't have a conversation with him. So that's got to be when you're knocking on doors and hearing, I don't, "Who's my representative?" and right. that kind of thing. That's got to be kind of like right. really,
1: yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. That, that was. I, I just, I couldn't believe it. it. It kind of blew my mind. But then again, not everybody follows politics.
2: And not everybody shows do. up to vote. I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I constantly have to remind myself that I'm a nerd, right. and, you know, right. and not everybody's going to know this stuff. Right. But.
1: but I think um, one of the things that was nice was we turned out a pretty significant increase in the turnout of voters. So I think just, you know, people are so happy, whether they're going to vote for you or not, to have you show up on their doorstep.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I had one guy who was, he was 72 years old and um, I called him on the phone and he just couldn't believe that I was calling him. And we had a nice conversation and he took down my name and he said, absolutely, I'm voting for you. And <laughs> Then I had some canvassers come to his door and he's like, I already, and he brought him the paper from the fridge. I already have her name written down. I'm voting for her. She called me and it was you know, it's just people want to know that their voice is being heard. Yeah. They want to know that somebody is going to be there to listen to them. And showing up on their doorstep is so, critical.
2: So going back to what I was mm-hmm. saying about Paul, because mm-hmm. I think this is your are campaigning, you're knocking on doors, you're talking to people, you're hearing ideas. Mm-hmm. After you get in an office, though, you don't really have the time to do that as no. much.
1: No.
2: Um, so yes. so, so, I guess my question is, how do you make sure that you're still relating to those same people? Uh, what are some other ways that you can make sure that, that your your constituents' voices are heard? Because right. uh, I think that's the trap that maybe Paul mm-hmm. fell into. I don't want to speak for him, but you've been sure. on for so long without a challenger, mm-hmm. you don't you don't go knocking on doors every right. day. Right. Um, so maybe you distance yourself from who you're representing. Right. Um, how do you prevent that from happening now that you're in office?
1: One of the things that I, I personally try to do, I'm, I try to keep the Facebook up to date and let people know what's going on. Going on, But even that's kind of hard to do. But going out to um, public events, um, and I hated doing this in the beginning, but now I understand why it's necessary and wearing your name tag. Yeah. Because people look at it and they say, oh, I didn't know you were my representative. And then they can put that two, two and two together. Um, and usually at that time you can give them a card and make sure that they email you or yeah. call you if they have any issues. Um, but honestly, we... We don't really get a lot of—I haven't gotten a lot of contact from constituents as far as emailing or anything like that. It's more that face-to-face stuff. Um, I do plan to um, head out here soon and kind of do some neighborhood walks just to kind of check in and see, you know, any concerns or anything that are going on that, um, you know— we changed the meeting times to the evening so more people can come and more people are coming, but there's still a lot of people who can't make it or don't they forget to, you know, address right. an issue and if I come out and knock on their door again.
2: So I'm sure we're gonna get more into the victory um, and what you did on the county board, but we're gonna take a quick break right now so we can hear from a sponsor and we'll be back with Shana Wachinsky. We want to take a quick break to thank our sponsors at bre law for sponsoring this episode bre law is there for you when you are injured or need legal help because they know when it comes to your claim good isn't good enough you deserve the best to find out more about bre law and how they can help you visit breinjurylaw.com All right, we're back with Shana Wachinski, District 8 County Board member. Shana, we were talking about you going up against uh, 46-year incumbent Paul Segobiano in the primary. How'd that turn out?
1: Well, I won (laughs) Um, 70% of the vote.
2: Um, Take a pause there because that's a pretty big deal. Uh, Four decades on the county board. Um, You're kind of a newcomer, if you don't mind me using that phrase. Kind of. (laughs) um, To local politics, and you won 70% of the vote. How did you feel after those results came in?
1: Um, it felt great. Um, I just, it was, like I said, I kind of felt it.
2: Um, so you you had a pretty good inkling you were going to win?
1: Yeah, because everybody I talked to was so positive. And, you know, from day one, there were so many people saying, oh, bless your heart. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, one guy told me... Um, Oh, don't let go of your dreams, kid. Um, <laughs> and I—I I mean,
0: I look—I look, I look forward to being—I look forward to being old enough to tell people that.
1: I know, I because
0: like if a thirty-five-year-old tells someone that, like, who are you?
1: I just—I just was like, my gosh. My sister was so funny because um, one of the article articles, you know, came out somewhere, and she was like, boy they're they called they're so mistaken, you know, it's something about me being, like, this crazy activist yeah. or whatever. She's like, they called you young. <laughs>
0: oh. <laughs> I'm like, yes.
1: I'll take it, you yeah. know? Never thought I'd be young at yeah. 44 years old, but it's, I'll take it.
0: That's something that people might not know if they haven't been involved in a campaign is, mm-hmm. like, for local races, you have no polling. Like, th- there's no information about how you're doing. There's no horse no. race. I mean, you can kind of go by, like, I mean, number of signs, but then there's the phrase signs don't yeah, vote, right? Signs don't vote. So you don't know for sure, like, yeah. what is going on. It's a, um, You can have a feel for it, but it's pretty much a complete surprise whenever right. election day comes. Right. So.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I know that day before the polls closed, I think I made 200 phone calls and had 75 yeses at that point. And I was like, okay, where did I, I, knew, I just knew. That I was going to win. I had no idea it was going to be like that. Um, but like a few weeks before that, um, somebody came to me after I'd been telling them for months and months, "I'm going to win." They finally said, "I think you're going to win." <laughs> <laughs> That's what I've been saying. Yeah. <laughs> so.
2: What was your campaign like? If you don't mind, don't mind me asking. How many volunteers do you think you you had during that race? And.
1: Um, it depended on the—it really depended yeah. on the day. Um, a lot of it was done with my core my core girl gang, yeah. um, doing the phone calls, knocking the doors. What is that, I,
2: like five, six, seven, eight people? Yeah, about Some,
1: seven. Yeah. Um, but we did a lot of combining with other campaigns. Sure. We combined a lot with Nikita's, so we'd do a day of actions where we'd be able to go out and just— about a neighborhood, yeah. and you know, canvassers, and be able to cover everything. But it was Nikita
0: being countywide. Mm-hmm. You could mu- you could cover your area and her yeah. area at the same time. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> so it was just a matter, and and I had a long time to do it. Yeah. Because I ran the primary. Right. So it was just constantly getting you know your list to knock doors. You right. know, making making time. It was another job. Yeah. Um, I got off every work of at uh, 3.30, and I gave myself until 5 o'clock to kind of rest. And then anywhere from 5 to midnight, I would be working on something campaign-related nearly mm-hmm. every day for months. So your so
0: family had to make some accommodations for this yeah. too, right? It's, yes. you know, well, had, fortunately, had all my been kids together. are pretty,
1: pretty much grown. They're, they are grown. Um, and my husband, you know, he's deeply— um, involved in the Democrats and, but he does a lot of, you know, meetings and stuff after hours. So fortunately I was just at a good spot in my life that I was able to, this just fit fit in perfectly for me.
2: Mm-hmm. So, so you won the primary, mm-hmm. um, which I think a lot of people said, oh, well, Shada won, she's going to be a new representative, but you still had another election that you had to win. Yes. So yes. T- talk about that a little bit.
1: Um, yeah, that was, that was, um, a little bit It was a little strange. I ended up with two opponents. Um, My primary opponent went out and recruited a Republican to run against me. Once it was pointed out to him that he could not run against me as a Republican. Um, And then I had a Libertarian opponent. Um, It wasn't, I mean, really towards the end, it was myself and Steve the Libertarian. Um, My Republican opponent didn't really do much. That um, no,
0: Steve Cease, who was yeah. on a few episodes ago. Yeah. He's a Libertarian Party chair, and he's running for state
1: chair, yeah. chair now. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, and, you know, him and I, I think we did, we ran a very positive, very um, friendly campaign. We, I consider him a friend. We've We got along good.
2: Yeah, so, I, I always appreciate Steve as a guy that you can at least go talk to and disagree absolutely. with face to face.
1: Absolutely, yep, that, absolutely, that's good. Yep.
2: So you did, you did win the general election as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you remember the percentages on that? Just as I we mentioned was, on the other one,
1: I think it was like sixty-five. Was pretty 60, good, sixty-three, sixty-five somewhere. That's between a there.
2: pretty darn good yeah. win. Yeah. All right, so, but the time between winning the election and actually having to go go to work as mm-hmm. a county board mm-hmm. uh, representative, how much time is that?
1: We were elected in November and were sworn in in December.
2: And okay, so you got about a month.
1: Yeah, okay. and our first like we were sworn in and went to the table. Okay. For our first votes.
2: What was that? What was that month like of anticipation, getting ready to go do it? Were you scared, nervous, excited?
1: It was. It was exciting. It was a little bit. It was kind of. Um, it was a lot because it was also the holiday season, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and, and you were just probably
2: exhausted from the campaign. Exhausted. I would imagine. Yeah. I
1: literally, oh my gosh, I can't. There's an exhaustion I can't even describe. Yeah. Um, but it was there was a lot of trying to kind of get your bearings and figure out, you know, um, what. Fortunately, I had been to many camp, county board meetings at this point sure. and kind of understood you know about standing committees and some of it. but some of the people that were like the republican that was elected didn't even know there were standing committees like nobody even, even bothered to tell So do you guys not get
2: like after you win the election in that month time frame is there any reach out from the county board to say here's some homework study up nothing I would imagine that would be a good idea just for the future. <laughs> yes. You know, like a, bi- a, a binder future, or something. That
1: would be good. <laughs> um, we did,
2: <laughs> I don't know. We did have... <laughs> give you a PowerPoint or we something. We did
1: have an orientation that kind of covered open meetings and FOIAs. Sure. Um, but there's re- very, very little. And I honestly... I, I don't know if they've done that before, because yeah. they've not... I don't know where they've had this much turnover at one time before.
2: That's fair, too.
1: Um, but, no, you're pretty much...
2: Why about seeing your parents um, for a while? Um, the,
1: the Democrats were nice enough to kind of pair up with each of us sure. and mentor. Um, but, no, you're kind of just thrown to the wolves. Yeah. Um, and then that's where you start to learn kind of the... Um, <laughs> the level of petty that yeah. can take place with with some things so.
2: well i just i think that's important for people mm-hmm. to realize though is that you guys get paid very little yes um especially for the time and commitment that you have to put in there right. you don't get paid anything for the campaign so you're mm-hmm. you're devoting a year of your life to working a second mm-hmm. job pretty much mm-hmm. just for an opportunity to make very little and do a lot more right, um, right. And, and then Sounds when, amazing. and then when you get on there no the one's like this is everything you have to do, now go do it. You're learning a lot as you go. Yes. Um, So... I always try to make this point to everybody is these uh, local elected officials, like it's such a thankless job. Mm-hmm. Um, and anybody that decides to do it should be at least respected for that decision because not everybody would do it uh, clearly. Um, right. Right. <laughs> and, and those that do honestly want to affect change within their community. Absolutely. That's the only reason to do it. There's no power in it. There's no money. in it, right. there's, there's nothing right. else. So all these evil things that are being said about local people, um, true or false, You have to have at least a little bit of respect for them, willing to step up and do something. Otherwise, they're just crazy,
1: which could be the case. (laughs) Right, could be the case too. (laughs) Exactly. But it's just it's, um, you know, I think ultimately, most, I mean, I would say all people get in this because, you know, you just want to do the right thing. You just want to do the best you can. Nobody comes into this and says that they're just gonna, you know, especially not into county board that they're gonna come I don't know power hungry I don't I don't know because it's just it doesn't exist yeah. it's not a thing
2: I mean if a guy that served 46 years on the county board still has people in his own district who don't know who he is obviously right. there's not a lot of power in the position Right You, you know what I mean right. like if that's what you're
0: seeking you're seeking the wrong spot right. Right. Yeah I mean you shouldn't downplay it though I mean there there are important decisions and, oh, and, and things that absolutely. the county board does right. um, so for people who are listening who might not know what those things are what is the Scope um, of the responsibilities right. there.
1: We we are right now in the budget, you know, cycle. Um, we deal a lot with budgetary. I'm on the land use and development committee and transportation. Um, now you're so talking
2: we, Tysonized language.
1: Right. So we <laughs> deal with a lot of that. Um, we have health committee. Um, there's the justice committee. Um, Executive committee, but that doesn't. Yeah. Really, you know. There's finance. Finance. Um <laughs> Yeah, so you
0: so know. it's everything that's, it's mostly everything that's going on in McLean County, like outside of any incorporated areas, right? right. So right. are there going to be wind farms put in different places? Right. Um, right. Is their there business is going to locate out there? How's that going to happen? Yes. The roads that are in those How areas? How going to get?
1: Right. <laughs>
0: so tw- Tawanda Barnes is a county road, right? Well, a, lot about, county yeah, road. a lot
1: about, yeah, a lot about culverts and, you know ditches and yeah. Yeah. Um, access roads and, and things like that um, very very exciting stuff yeah,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> um, but well, I mean for know, the people
0: I'm, who are out there like whether or not there's a wind farm put in right. uh, close to it's, their property yeah, is an important thing it's for important. Them. And, and you yeah. know we
1: need to make sure that you know um, I know one of the things that they were talking about at a recent meeting was making sure that the company that is the project that's going up now is going to have the, um, meet the requirements that we've put in place for them as, you know, as far as where they're placing them and all that stuff. So, you know, it's definitely, you just can't come in and do it.
0: Yeah. So well, there's also the 20 of you, right? something
1: like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: So there's, um. so what was my standard question for people who get into an office? What's mm-hmm. the... What's something that comes to mind that was pretty much exactly like you expected it to be, and then what's something that was very surprising to you about taking this position?
1: I, um, I think the fact that it was, um, sadly, I I had the perception that the communication wasn't great, and sadly that that has been the case. <laughs> um, but we can we're working on that. Um,
0: communication between the members is that what you mean oh
1: uh, yeah yeah um,
0: and staff too
1: not so much staff okay They're very um, but as far as um, you know one thing that I find and I you know I've brought this up before to the chairman himself irritating is learning about things from a headline in the panograph mm. um, and I, I was told basically that was to expect that Um They're doing a little better with trying to give us a heads up before something comes out in the pantograph, but oftentimes something comes out as a headline in an article and we're kind of scrambling, um, not just the newbies, but everyone, um, to find out what what the heck they're talking about. Yeah. Um, You know, we've had that with mental health stuff. We've had that with um, budget stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, So...
0: Yeah, and if you are going to be spending your time in this way and devoting your time in this mm -hmm. way um you know uh, and ha- being entrusted with making these decisions having the responsibility of making these decisions mm-hmm. it, it seems reasonable that you would want to have like foreknowledge of things that right. pertain to you right. yeah that doesn't and, seem and i can understand being irritated about that we're we're
1: trying yeah. we're mm-hmm. trying
0: yeah so so it's something that was surprising unexpected. yeah unexpected
1: um this this will ruffle some feathers um but that's okay I, it's kind of like sometimes living in a different era when you go in and you deal with things at the county level. And that is just inherent in the people who have been on the county board all this time. Um, I particularly, one thing that comes to mind and, you know, sometimes I have to kind of check myself and think, am I just being worked up? Over nothing like is this is this more than does I'm this, making it right does this need my energy oh right <laughs> um, the county has and I'm not saying anything against this person's skill let me say that um, the county we all get a professional picture done um, for the you know the board and they have the composite and whatever why well, had been given a heads up that it is done in a man's basement, um, and that perhaps I should have someone go with me just so I would feel comfortable, because it's a strange man. I don't know him. Um, So I thought, well, I'll just get my own photographer. Why not hire, you know, get one of the students to take my picture? Keeps me from having to go into this weird situation. Um, And that was not well received. Oh, It was, this is the way we've done it. This is a way we've always, always done it. This guy is a friend and does it for free. And I, so I thought, fine, fine. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I was, I, I told the photographer, I'm like, fine, I'll go do this. Um, so I went to the man's house um, and I would say that um, the displays in his home would not be comforting or welcoming to any woman or person of color. Hmm. And I do not want to see us ever have to put another county board member in that situation again. And I did voice that to the chairman. Um, It's not appropriate to make female members of the county board go to a strange man's basement to get your picture taken hmm. for professional reasons.
2: I mean really for that's anyone. That seems weird. Right. Just in general. Um, right. to have to I mean, if it's a for it's for like I'm guessing to be on display in the yes. in the boardroom or whatever. Um the, you think those pictures would be taken either at the facility right. at the government center, um and or some I, other professional I suggested,
1: place. I suggested that the, he bring a backdrop to swearing in. Because this was a month, I think a month after swearing in. Um And we were still trying to get... And that was another thing. We were supposed to have this done before swearing in. Yeah. But it was not communicated to us. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it was like this whole deal. But it's inappropriate. It's not acceptable.
2: And just to make sure we're clear, there mm-hmm. nothing was said or done inappropriately at the guy's house or anything like that. It was just made you feel uncomfortable the actual right. I mean, act of having to go into some stranger's home and get your picture taken and then
1: No, I yeah. what his the the backdrops on his computer were inappropriate. Yeah. The wall coverings on his wall were inappropriate. Okay. It was he himself was, you know, fine. I'm I'm sure he does great work. Sure. But fine. But this was not appropriate, especially in this time and mm-hmm. in this era. Yeah,
0: given too. what we talked about at the very beginning of this right. of our conversation, right? exactly,
1: mm-hmm. exactly.
0: I, I mean, like I said, I mean, it,
2: I'm trying. I'm trying to look at both sides, and it, I think it's weird that you go to a guy's basement to get your picture yeah. taken for a organization. Well, like Clay County. but, but, <laughs> but he's but, done
1: it for 30 years, sure. and It's been mostly men that have been <laughs> going there to get it done.
2: But who's he a friend of? <laughs> Like you, I I, like, like like you said. I mean, you yeah. said you was told he was a friend. So I'm like, who's he a friend of, and is that is that more of a political thing than a county right. thing? And
0: it sounds like things that happen at church. Like, right. <laughs> right. Like right. At my church. There's a piano right. that is in the sanctuary, and the the. The musician, the organist and pianist mm-hmm. is like, that that piano is horrible, it won't stay mm-hmm. in tune, it mm-hmm. sounds horrible, I can't stand playing right. it. Can we please get a new piano? And they're like, wow, well, this was donated by so and so and you have to understand like there's a lot of history right. with this piano. Right. He was like, I understand can we make a plaque or something? Because I just want a piano that works, you know. So there's right. just like these traditions that, that yes. lock you into certain courses of action, even though they might not be and what was makes the, sense in the. What right. was the trouble with you getting your own photographer? That's not
1: the way we do it
0: for free. I That's mean, you not how on,
1: it's done. Seems it wouldn't fit in with the composite. Hmm. It there was I mean it was, <laughs> I got a phone call at my job. From the chairman who was on vacation.
2: That's <laughs> to how big tell a deal me, this was. Yeah,
1: that I needed to get in there and get it done.
0: Huh. Such a
2: small thing that
0: should. And so good. We need to get did, that guy voiced, on the podcast. <laughs> I think I think that photographer knows where the bodies are hidden. Now,
1: so. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <It's> I, <jolly. laughs> I, I voiced my opinion. I said why I believe this needs to change. I hope in the future it will change. I did suggest um, that he bring a backdrop to. Yeah. You know, just bring it to swearing in, quick and easy. Take a picture, um, and the the photographer himself was very resistant to that. Hmm. It would be too much work for him. Interesting. So. We should go with somebody else. That's just my yeah. opinion.
0: <laughs> so we, we, this has come up a couple times, in mm-hmm. as we've been talking, but mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of your, your reputation, your public yes. reputation. Um, as someone who uh, who reads BLN news and reads the yes. comment sections yes. of uh, oh,
1: my fan club
0: of uh, you know the Panograph and things like so, yeah, that. Yes. Again, i never heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, people seem to to really dislike you, and in right. particular your hair color. Right, I find that just <laughs> right. I, I like something about the fact that you have um, pink hair. Would you say pink? Would it's you say? red now. Red, okay. It is
1: actually the the is label red. is red. Yeah, yeah. But it so was, it was fuchsia before.
0: Fuchsia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so i I just find that um, I just find it interesting whenever they're. You know, like kind of, there there becomes this lightning rod sure. for for negative attention from opposition. Right. So, um, two questions on that: kind of, sure. what do you what do you chalk that up as being mostly about? Like in your mind, when you see hear these things and see you being the focus, like kind of, right. what? How does that? what what is that what's the explanation for that in your head mm-hmm. and then also has anything has this criticism come your way where there has been criticism when you're like mm-hmm. you know that is fair i could I could adjust my approach I probably was right. out of line in that regard right.
1: um i i don't I'm not sure with the hair color other than the generation of people that are usually um Voicing that opinion, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know if it's a generational thing because I'm not that young. And honestly, the story behind my pink hair was, I always wanted to try it, and my daughter was a hairstylist, so why not? And Mm -hmm. I loved it. I would have it pink now if it wasn't so hard to take care of. Um, But I think you know, ultimately, when you are a woman. And when you are outspoken and when you don't shy away from the criticism, if I would have wore that hair color and been a little more, you know, meek about it or shy or just went about my day, it wouldn't have been a problem. Um, But when you have that confidence and when, you know, you don't give a Mm hoot, you know, that that does. It's more that that bothers them than the hair color itself. The mm-hmm. hair color is just kind of an easy, lazy way to uh, express all that, the rest of the discomfort.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. So you're conf- you 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 chalk it up to, well, A, they just disagree with you on a lot of things, but then mm-hmm. B, your confidence and your outspokenness is something, yeah. and, and your refusal to back down if you think you're right. Um, Their
1: refusal to let – I. Not allow them to diminish me to my hair color.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really. Yeah. And then the second part: Have there been times when you've you've gotten criticism um, or you know feedback? What, what type of feedback as you've gone through this journey where you you have like kind of corrected right. the way that you approach something? Um, or, um,
1: you know, it, there's it's not necessarily that I um, don't think. I did something wrong, Um, but there are times that people disagree with me um, or don't agree with something that I've done, and I completely understand why they would feel that way. Mm -hmm. Um, Like having Daniel Biss swear me into office. Um, There were people who had a problem with that, not not because of who he was, but Democrats who had a problem with that because um, they felt I was singling myself out or separating myself from the group. Um, And that was one of the reasons that um, some people tried to talk me out of having it done. Um, But I explained, you know, part of my journey into this position was tied to Daniel and his um, encouragement and working for him that, you know, taught me all the things that I had used for in my campaign um that it was such an and it's such an honor to serve it was such an honor to have someone that I looked up to so much swear me into office it's still one of the greatest days of my life mm-hmm. um it wasn't because I was trying to single myself out. Um, but you could see how people might him, see it that yeah, way. Yeah, if it yeah. wouldn't have been him, it would have been my dad. Would have got his notary, you know, or somebody that I asked. If that that option was available to everybody. It wasn't just right. Nobody and traditionally, advantage who, of it, traditionally, but. who
2: swore in everybody else, like who? Um, the judge. Okay. Yeah. So, so you were the only one sworn in by Daniel.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Huh. So I, I totally understood that. Um, and that was valid. I still don't regret doing it. It was yeah, an honor. So,
0: right. cool. Um, anything else uh, on your mind, Justin? While we got a few more minutes here,
1: oh, I have
2: a, all kinds of no. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, no, I, I think what the one of the biggest reasons we wanted to have Shayna in here is because of the perception thing that Tyson just talked about, mm-hmm. um, especially through the campaign, mm-hmm. and I think that's what when we saw a lot of this come up was because you went from we don't know who shana is to this pink right. hair girl is on all these pictures and <laughs> at city council meetings yeah. and, and rallies and sure. all this kind of stuff sure. and then it went from oh my gosh she's doing that to now she's running for office right. and like i, I think right. i think one of the reasons why we wanted you on is to just let people get to know you better so outside of politics mm-hmm. what are you into <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, that's a tough one because a lot of that, what I do is political stuff. Um, you know, right now I I've worked in healthcare for the last probably twenty years or so, mm-hmm. um, and in May I quit that job finally. Um, and basically, it was just so that I could go and volunteer for things that I care about. Yeah. Um, you know, whether it's. You know, helping with pet adoption events or, you know, helping with the Democrats or mm-hmm. you know, whatever the case may be, just I'm kind of in that that cycle of yes right now where it's just Yeah. And and it's amazing when you quit your job how quick your calendar fills up. Sure. So
2: You mentioned pet adoption. So mm-hmm. I know you have some dogs yes. that you love dearly. Yes. Uh, tell me about the dogs, tell me how long you've had mm-hmm. them. Is that did your love for pets come before you had your dogs that you have now? Or yeah. is this why you volunteer at, like, pet adoption stuff now? Is I've,
1: I've always been an animal lover. Um, but our current dogs we have, he, our older dog, Boomer, he's about 11 or 12. He is the dad dog. He is part Sharpay and Collie. Yeah. Um, and then he had a full-blooded Irish setter girlfriend um, at some point. And... <laughs> So we have one of his puppies now. We had two, but one passed away from lymphoma a couple months ago. Um, My daughter has one of the puppies, and then she also just got a um, Chihuahua puppy yesterday. It's like a Chihuahua mix. It's about this this big, about the size (laughs) of my cell phone. Um, But I just I love all animals. I used to have chickens. I used to have silky chickens. Um, I've had cats. I've had mice. I've had. Rats, everything under the sun. <laughs> I love animals. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I'm just, I just am trying to counteract negativity, you know, wherever that, that may be. And I just, that's part of my, the way I cope with today's society <laughs> whatever, is that I try to, you know, when I see something on the news that upsets me, I go out and I, you know, go help Lola in the office or I write an email to a legislator. You know, we're still in that mode Um, or just figure out what I can do. Just, you know, just a human being trying to do the best I can. I,
2: I think you've done that. And I think one thing uh, uh, that I respect about you, and, and there are others, whether I agree with people or not, I like people who do exactly who they are. And that's what I think of when I think of you is you don't back down from criticism because, again, you know exactly who you are and what you stand for. And so that's something I definitely respect about you.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and uh, the, the one other thing I just thought to mention to dispel the – notion that you're some sort of, like, radical leftist. <laughs> so, one, Daniel Biss, the, for governor, I, I wouldn't consider him to be the most, like... Radical left communist on that, right. that primary ticket, right. and then I saw you with a hat on the other day—a Buddha judge hat. Yes, yes. <laughs> Again, you're not uh, you're <laughs> not going for the most leftist uh, right. presidential candidate, too. Right. So, um, also a lesson not to confuse like passion and quote unquote activism right. with. Um, you and know,
1: honestly, you know, they can give me what What you know, giving somebody a label it's it's lazy Mm -hmm. it's easy it's you know fine if you want to do that fine it doesn't make a difference to me i'm still going to be who i am i'm still going to work for what i work for you know it is what it is
0: well like we do on this podcast i think it's better always if instead of trying to judge people from a distance you just bring them in and have a conversation with them and and see who they are hopefully this has helped a few people um do that for you who haven't had a chance to meet you before and, um, and can come and have another chat with you. Something I'd like to try to get in the habit of asking our guests mm-hmm. is, um, separate from all the things we talked about, oh, sure. there's a lot of stuff going on in Bloomington Normal. Mm-hmm. You don't necessarily hear all about it. Mm-hmm. So can you offer something that, that you know of that's going on around here, either like an event that's coming up or like an organization that's doing some good that you feel like people should check out more?
1: Um, I recently had lunch with Carla Barnes, who is the public defender. And in her office, she has um, clothing to give to um, people who are coming through the court system for their court dates. She keeps kind of a little closet for them of professional clothing, um, and she's always going through that and running through that. Um, And we kind of talked about how she would... You know Accept donations to that So if anybody out there Would like to do that I'm sure she would she Just dress clothes
2: mm-hmm. Yeah
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Man, male, Men Male Women
1: Uh huh Just for people who come Through the court system So they have something to wear
0: Okay mm-hmm. Um Do you know A good way to get a hold of her Carla Barnes at the
1: Um I or? She's I'm sure she's on the County website I don't have it, her So it's the information county Information offhand Yeah
0: At the county website the public
1: defender's office
0: Okay Public defender's mm-hmm. office and I'll put a link to that in the show notes, too, yeah, if anyone's awesome. interested in doing that. Mm-hmm. So, All right. Very cool. Thanks a lot for coming in.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: Uh, we'll also uh, thank our sponsor again, Play Normal Esports. Shane, is this the first time you, you've been in here? It is. What was your yes. impression when you walked in the door?
1: It's a lot. Yeah. It's <laughs> very cool. I'm, I'm not a big video gamer, um, so it all looks very overwhelming yeah.
0: What kind me? of things stand out to you? The
1: screens in. like there's a lot, oh, lot there's a lot of monitors and it's so bright and vibrant and
0: just yeah, but yet the lights are dim too, so it kind of yeah. gives it like yeah. a, a neat ambiance in here. Yeah,
1: it's just and you it's like you, a cool little club.
2: You may notice that when I record these podcasts, more often than not, my daughter's actually playing the video games <laughs> as I'm recording the podcast. So she always wants to come to the podcast with me so she can hang out.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a great place to come and play if you're a video game novice or if you're an expert, you're looking for tournaments. Check out Play Normal Esports for all your local video gaming needs. And unless I'm forgetting something, I think we're done. Let's be done.
2: I want to take a quick break to thank our sponsors. Thanks to our friends at BRE Law for sponsoring this episode. BRE, BRE Law is there. W- God, I hate reading. BRE. Like, that's hard to say, too. BRE Law. Don't don't put that on there. <laughs> BRE Law is there for you when you are in. <laughs> God. Hold on. Give me a pen. Give me a piece of paper.
0: Not a pen. You try, Josh, but we're going to do this my way.